stay rooted in why something's important to you, whether it is for like your own personal, like health and wellness journey, whether it is like an entrepreneurial pursuit or your day job or doing something for your family, always stay rooted in why something's important to you because that will never fail you. And it will always be something you can lean on. Hello, and welcome to Reclaim Your Radiance, a podcast where we discuss the most intimate parts of the human experience. Let's take a deep dive into self-love, sexual pleasure, and absolutely everything in between. I'm your host, Chris Hall, and each week we will be joined by one fabulous friend, and sometimes that friend will just be me, to talk about how we can all become our most radiant selves. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Today, we are joined by Stacy, who has indicated that they would like to be introduced as a cisgendered female with the pronouns she, her. She is 28 years old, Caucasian, straight, and grew up in Ottawa, Canada. I reached out to Stacy to be on today's episode because she is an absolute legend when it comes to motivating her community to take action, put themselves first, even first thing in the morning, and to set the goals necessary in becoming the best version of themselves. So without further ado, let's meet Stacy. Hello! <laughs> Hi. Hello. So good to see you again. I know. Good to see you. Um, yeah. So we, oh my gosh, how do we know each other? We went to high school together. High school. Yeah. yeah. And you were the year older than me. Ahead of you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we played rugby together, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, just through social media, the wonders and magicalness of social media found each other. Yeah, again. The magic, the magic of the internet. Yeah. And I've just been like watching your journey for quite a while now and then like it's just it's really inspiring and I just I always love seeing what you're up to thank you thank you yeah it's been it's been quite the adventure sharing it online is also an adventure <laughs> in and of itself for sure um but yeah that means so much I'm so glad you have your hat you have me today and that you've invited me and yeah I'm just looking forward to chit-chatting and and sharing Amazing. Yeah. So excited. So just before we start, if you wouldn't mind sharing where you grew up. (laughs) My dad is Canadian, grew up in small community of St. Eustache, just outside of Montreal. And my mom is Portuguese. They came to Canada. She was young. She was about five or six. So early seventies, they came, they came, well, initially from Africa. My mom was born in Africa. Then they went back home to Portugal and then immigrated over here with the with the rest of my grandmother's siblings. They all kind of came here together, found a community, uh, a Portuguese community in Hall, now Gatineau, um, Quebec. And wow. yeah, and then mom and dad met through work. And I grew up in south the, south, the, south of the city. I grew up in Greeley, near the airport. Oh, wow. Out by the cows. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. Like my elementary school was surrounded by fields. There was, there were crops, there were cows, there was all that around. We grew up in a pretty like suburban neighborhood, I would say, but my elementary school was around the farms. We were very close to them, but not quite on them. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like Ottawa is definitely one of those places where it's just, I'm sure most people listening don't know Ottawa and it's just like, it's this massive peanut and they just keep like expanding the boundary and it shouldn't be Ottawa, right? Like it's Greeley. It's a whole other place. It's, it's way out there. So far. Yeah. Like it's, it's far, it's so far spread out, like East to West versus South. The city is like, yeah, definitely very spread out. Greeley came into Ottawa late. Like we were, I was still pretty young, I think maybe in high school it amalgamated with the city of Ottawa, Ottawa. but when I grew up, it was just Greeley. It wasn't actually part of Ottawa. Yeah. Cool. Um, I guess the only thing it influences is like garbage collection or something. Garbage collection, I think snow removal was another one that really got my parents. What I often hear is once we amalgamated with the city, we kind of fell lower on the list or in the priority of getting the snow removal because you do the the city, the high traffic areas first, the suburbs are later. So I think from what I remember, that was one of their like bigger complaints was the snow removal not changing (laughs) later on once we joined. I love that there's like those like arguments you remember your parents having, right? Like when gas hit a dollar, I remember when my dad freaked out, you know, and like those, yep. those like milestones of like, oh shit, like this is this now. And like, this is what I'm going to complain about. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so growing up, did you face any kind of adversity in terms of like your your body image, um, your confidence levels? Like what, what kind of environment did you grow up in? Great question. So I would say I had a, I'm very fortunate to have had a pretty, I would say like normal childhood. Um, my parents are still very lovingly married. I had every opportunity I probably could have ever wanted. My parents were extremely like dedicated, loving, supportive parents. You know, they made the time and the effort and found the means to let us do competitive sports or were driving us to early rugby practice in the morning. I grew up very fortunate that way. And throughout my journey, I've had a lot of time to really reflect on where do I think my own struggles with my body image came from. And there's a few things that come to mind and it it never came from my parents. Uh, They were always, like I said, supportive, loving, encouraging people, but I was a chubby kid, like a little, like, like a, just like a full kid, you know, a little belly, a little soft belly, but very active. So it was never a case of like, you know, again, my parents making sure we had really amazing food, really healthy food to eat. I just loved to eat. (laughs) I think is really all it was because I was a pretty active kid where I really think it's where I started to notice it when I reflect back were a few things. So I did competitive dance growing up and I looked a lot different than a lot of the girls because I was a little chubbier. I was a little softer. No one ever necessarily said anything directly to me, but costumes always had like your midsection showing. And when you see that you look different from the other girls and they're like crop tops, you're kind of like, Oh, like that's kind of, that's kind of different. And I did have one friend who at one point had told me the girls had made comments about it. Like not again, not to me, but they had also observed it. And so I think those were some small incidents that planted seeds and my family, again, not my parents, but my family, I'd heard there were other people who would make comments about it too. As I got older, like into adolescence, when my weight would fluctuate a little bit more. And actually there were some, and there have been a few incidents when we've gone back home to visit family, like you don't see family for six years. And the first thing they say is, oh, wow, you like, you look bigger or, but I also got it the other way too, of, whoa, you're so skinny. You look always. amazing. Always. Yeah, That's like, always the first I, comment. It shouldn't yeah, be, so but I, it's always like, oh, your weight. Like, no, can you not know? Can you just not mention yeah. that? Like, yeah. Like, oh. I'm not sure why that's important to the conversation. Like, I'm so happy to see you too would have been really nice or, or anything like that. So I think that's where I started to, to feel it. It was coming from a few different sides. Like, again, very isolated, very seemingly small things. But when you get them from a bunch of different spots, those are the kinds of things you're kind of, you, you start to question it a little bit more because kids, when they're born, they're like happy, they run around naked and they're like, Ooh, like I love me. But there's a tipping point, I think, for a lot of us where those things start to change. And I think something else I observed, again, just thinking about it a little bit more was I had heard other like women in my family say, I'm so fat or I feel so fat, like when they were getting dressed or something. So then you see people that you love and think are beautiful having these conversations when they look at themselves. And then you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm kind of soft in the middle too, like Soft in the middle is a great way to put that. Just I'm soft. I'm soft here. And, and I probably always will be. And we've accepted that. But like. That's so interesting. So, it's like a learned yeah. behavior. Like it's. I think so. Yeah. At least for me. Right. Like at least for me and how I experienced body image and discussions about body image or people's reactions to my body image. Maybe I think there were like a few things that that kind of contributed to it growing up. So then it was just always something I felt like I had to worry about, especially again in the crop tops and dance class. I was always kind of like, oh, like, I don't want to, like, I hate that I have to wear this because I don't feel good in it, (laughs) you know? Wow. Yeah. No, I just, Mm -hmm. that's such an interesting lens on it of like, this is learned. I learned this behavior from my family, from the people around Mm -hmm. me. Like I never thought anything was wrong until like, there's nothing wrong, obviously, but like, Yeah. yeah, you start to question it. Oh my gosh. Exactly. And it's the questioning. And then I think the more you start to question it, the more you think it, the more you start to believe it. And then that's when those cycles of things that you say to yourself that really aren't true really start to kind of pick up. Mm, yeah. So at what age do you think that it really like pick up for you? It's a good question. It was definitely, I think it came in waves. 
but I definitely noticed like beginning of high school was one because I felt like when I was going to a new school, going to meet new people, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have a, this, is this what people are going to think of me when they meet me for the first time? And then I had a similar thing kind of happen beginning of undergrad again, you know, it's like there's food everywhere in the cafeterias. Like, you know, again, I got, I got extra soft in my first year. <laughs> um, then I, you know, I put in some work to scale it back a bit. And then I think the, the time I think it really hit me the most was about two and a half years ago when I really, like I saw a picture and I was like, whoa. So that, that's, that was your that tipping was, point. That's, that's when you started yeah. Thrive, right? Almost. So Thrive came a little bit later. I started, but that's when I started my journey, my, of like really trying to take back control of like how I felt about myself, how I treated myself, the things I thought and said to myself. That would have been, yeah, October, 2019 was my like, oh shit moment. We're here. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> Yeah, there was a book I read this. I think this is a bit more of a drastic take on that moment. But there was a book I read called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, which I'd highly recommend people read. Uh, It's about how like your small daily habits and your small daily practices can amount and compound to like a lot of change. But I think what he what he described it as was his day of disgust when he had his own moment like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And again, like the word is like kind of strong, but that's kind of what it was for me. I was kind of like, oh, that's not like when I see the picture it doesn't match what I think about myself and then that was like really confusing and then that's when I kind of really started to pay attention to how I was feeling the things I was doing and kind of getting real with myself it's like there's there's kind of a reason why we are where we are and why we feel the way we feel yeah yeah for sure like I I definitely sometimes catch myself like it's in a cycle right like sometimes I feel good sometimes I don't feel so good and like it fluctuates with everything else um including my weight sometimes and I definitely find sometimes I like hide from the mirror right totally right and like like, I'll wake up and like you like I sleep naked personally and like I first thing just like put on like a like a like my house coat and I'm just like oh yeah it's cold right like it's not necessarily cold. I just like, can't handle that. Right. And like the last few days, especially I've been like waking up and like, just like really looking at myself naked. And I was just like, Oh, like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. But like, it took a lot to do that. It does. Yeah. And I was, and for me, I was like not looking at the mirror, wearing a lot of black clothes. Like there was a time where even one of my coworkers was like, do you wear anything else? Like, do you wear a lot of black? And she, like, she never good friends. Like, it was, it was totally not malicious at all. It was just an observation. And, and I think it was totally me just, like, trying to hide shape and whatnot uh, just every day. But not maybe necessarily noticing it mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so walk me through your oh shit moment. What, what happened? What kind of, like, spurred yeah. into motion? Yeah. And I think for context, too, like, there was a lot of stuff that, like, led up to that moment, I think. You know, I had lost, I'd lost a loved one, like, very suddenly. I'm not sure if you remember Jesse Monroe from high school. No, I don't. Okay. Anyway, he and I dated for uh, a number of years, and we stayed in touch. We were really, we eventually, like, worked at being really good friends. He passed away very suddenly. Uh, I tore my Achilles, so then I, like, couldn't do anything. So, like, all of these things just kind of amounted to a lot, and... Yeah, my oh shit moment, we were actually going to go bridesmaids dress shopping for my best friend's wedding. And I just remember thinking like, man, this is going to be the happiest day of her life. And I'm potentially going to feel personally so unhappy with myself because I was thinking about the pictures and like trying on dresses, like going, going to try on dresses with a lot of my friends who I was comparing myself to. Like, they're so beautiful. Everything's going to look so good on them. Is stuff even going to fit me? Like, I don't even know. Cause that's kind of at the point that I was personally at where, you know, my weight had really, really crept up on me. And again, not that it matters, but the behaviors behind them is, is what mattered. And yeah, I just remember being like so anxious for that appointment with all of my like very beautiful friends and thinking nothing's going to fit. And yeah, just being like so anxious. And of course, like just being potentially just like so unhappy and thinking that was going to come out in the pictures too. Like, how am I going to feel good? Like being photographed if I don't feel good in my skin and all of these things. So that was my like big 
oh crap, how did we get here? What did we do? Like, I felt so much shame, I think, because I felt like I'd let myself go, you know? So that was, that was my day. That was early October, 2019 would have been that day. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of things on top of one another and compounding. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and life happens, right? Like those are just like the kinds of things like that you just go through and, and you, and you respond to them, how you respond to them, like rightly or wrongly. And that was just kind of how it all kind of boiled to the surface, I think. Yeah. So you had the so shit moment and then mm-hmm. what was like the first tiny action you took? So this is when, so depending on how people like their own beliefs and faith or the universe or whatever, whatever it is you hold on to, I, I got a message in my inbox. So someone I used to dance with, had, I'd been watching her workout online and I was like, man, she had just had a baby. And I was like, wow, like this woman, like, what is, what is she doing? Like, what does she have? Like that? I don't like, I just been watching curiously. I just been watching her cause she was, she was sharing her story online postpartum and we had kind of reconnected online and yeah, I got a message in my inbox that night from her. Like, Hey, I'm starting a 21 day challenge on Monday. Do you want to join me? And I was like, wow, if, <laughs> if there was a moment I needed the universe to like, give me something I was like, this is probably it. I didn't even, I asked no questions. I was like, whatever it is, like sign me up. And what was great about it, it was like, it was workouts at home. Cause of course, with the amount of shame that I personally felt, I felt like I didn't belong in a gym. I also was like, I don't know what to do. I've tried so many things so many times. I feel like I probably need more help than I've been giving myself. And she had, she had an, uh, she had an accountability group. She had a challenge group running and I was like, yeah, sign me up. And that was, that was the beginning. It was 21 days. 30 minute workouts, um, making sure I ate the right amounts of the right things and just like prioritizing myself. And that's how it all started. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so, yeah. So like she kind of just introduced you to almost like very similar to what you do now for other people. It's exactly exactly what I do now. So I had, I had the journey of the challenger or the member, the community member who just like did really well, like, because I, I made the effort to prioritize and I kind of said enough's enough. I had a really powerful reason why I wanted to do that, which I think is something everybody needs. And I think that's, it's the mindset that people kind of forget that you need when you're going to kind of either pursue a really big goal or make a lifestyle change, like being so deeply rooted, why something's important to you. I think a really helps you show up. So because I'd had my big, like, Oh shit moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, I knew how I wanted to feel. And I knew the version of Stacy and the version of me that I wanted to feel again. Cause I knew she was in there and we just needed to find her. And yeah, so I had this journey of the challenger, the member who thrived. And then she said, Stace, like, you'd be so good at this. Like, do you think you could help other people? And I was kind of like, I, 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 I don't know. Can I, I don't know. Like, who am I? <laughs> To, you know, to be that person for somebody else. But, you know, I went through like a mentorship program and training and, and all that stuff to eventually to coach and to build the community that I have now called Thrive and to start to like pay it forward to other people. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you like took a course? Uh, kind of. So her, her community of coaches had built a coach training program to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was, it was like a month long program that I went uh, through. I am going to be getting a life coaching certification though. That's something I'm putting it out there to the universe people. Um, if you want to hear somebody like cast something and claiming it, I'm doing it right now live. Uh, I would like to get a life coaching certification though, too, to kind of expand what I'm able to offer people. So yeah, that's what that is. Cool. And you like work full-time too, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's inspiration for me in terms of like, okay, I can, I can do like this, this podcasting thing on the side. Totally. All about like maximizing your pockets of time. I do sometimes feel guilty when I have free time to not be doing stuff, but rest is important. It's good for you to just like take a break. It's good for creativity and all that stuff too. I try to make sure that I'm intentional in taking some breaks too, because when you know, you can always do more, you're obviously inclined to things like burnout. We don't want those things because we, we want our passion projects or side hustles, like whatever they are to be fun, right? That's why we start them. It's because it's something we love. 
So I definitely feel guilty that I'm not working all the time, but I try to make sure that I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah, no, do not. You know? But yeah I, yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. Like I, the other day I was like, yeah, but my goal this week was to do this. And like, I have spent a very long time before this, um, not really having any like passion project and not really liking my full-time job either. And so I was just kind of stuck in like this limbo where like everything was just fun. Like I was doing a lot of fun stuff, but not anything that like really meant something to me. And so this podcast yeah. is like the really, like the first time I'm doing something that like it's driving me mm-hmm. forward and I'm like ready to maximize all my time so I could fit this in. And yeah, I was like, oh, but this was my goal this week. And my partner was like, no, like your goal is meant so like you can accomplish things, but not to make you feel guilty. Like don't go back on that then it's just not helping. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 100%. Like they're good. Like it's a, it's a, it's a guidepost. It's like a marker. Right. And of course, like what, something I take from, from work, I, I work as a project manager in my day job. Like it's always about the retrospective, like the look back. Okay. Well, what did we learn? If we missed it, if we missed the target, what did we learn from that? Then what do we do tomorrow just to do it differently? And that's something I think has actually translated really well even into coaching, just because it's, it's always, it's a continuous evolution, right? Like even if you hit a goal, like there's always something else you're going to be working on next. Right. So having the opportunity to sit back and reflect and just say, okay, what, what little tweak can I make this time? Or what can I do a little bit differently here? And okay, what did I learn from not achieving that goal? What did I still learn in the process? Amazing mindsets. Amazing. So I would, I would tell you the same thing too. You're, you're on this like huge adventure to do this. So Definitely be kind and patient to yourself too while you go through it. Oh man, you're like already a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something you want to do full time? It's funny funny because I think every, like every personality test of like every done I've ever done, like I've done my Enneagram, my MBTI, I've had like a numerology reading, like I've done all kinds of stuff and they're all like, they all point to service. They all point to like helping or teaching professions, but I feel like I resisted it for so long because a lot of conventional healthcare just didn't seem to fit where I felt like I could really help somebody. So this actually did a really good job of merging bits of my kinesiology background that I do have and then bits of my business background that I'm like, okay, like how can I kind of start to fuse these things now that I found this other thing that can gas me up a little bit outside of outside of work so sometimes these things just find you like you probably didn't know you wanted to podcast either right no I did not um it was like this yeah it just kind of slowly came to me like I really can't tell you like this one moment where I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna start a podcast and like this is what it's gonna be about um but I just knew that I wasn't like fulfilling that like part of myself that was like very yeah, like I wanted to, you know, push forward the agenda of just everybody being able to talk about these things and everybody like knowing what it's like for other people and just making it like just common knowledge almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then I just got just like you, like I got a sign from the universe, just like this, this course popped up on my feed and was just like, your turn to podcast, like learn. And I was like, I don't need to learn how to do it, but like I'll eventually do it right. And it was kind of just like in my mind. And then like it popped up and I was like, oh, okay. All right. This is, this is real. And then I did like the boot camp, and then I was like, there's no way I'm signing up for the course. Like it's so expensive. And then of course I did. I did. The, the woman who does it is just so amazing. Shout out to Kathy Heller. Um, <laughs> and don't keep your day job. Um, that podcast, because she just, oh my gosh, she walked me through everything and she's still supporting. And like that, like having that mentorship, having that, like space with people doing it with you and having that accountability, like all so important. And she was like, she was completely right. Like in the beginning, she was like, yeah, you can walk away. Like you can find all this information somewhere else, but like without that support, like you're, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. 100%. I think that was the game changer for me with like taking back control of how I was taking care of myself. Like I tried alone so many times because if I don't go to the gym or if I choose not to meal prep, and make the food that I know is going to make me feel good, no one's going to know, right? But the difference maker was having other people to show up for and having a coach and then having community so that you could like borrow belief from other people who were doing all these things for themselves. Like, like I said, my coach was like a new mom. I was like, man, she's got a newborn at home. Like she's probably the busiest person on the planet right now. She's got a baby. And if I can't do it at the time, like I was single, like all I had to focus on was my day job. 
So I was like, man, if she can do it, why can't I? So that was the other like kick in the pants <laughs> that I had to give myself and just like get totally real. Like she's showing up every day for herself. Like, I mean, and you know, taking rest days, that's still showing up, but she can do it. I can do it. And so can all these other women who are, who are doing it with me. So why, why can't I do it? So in the moments where I was kind of like, especially like in that first like couple weeks where you're like so sore, you're so tired. And of course coming off an injury, I couldn't really do much of anything. Like my, you know, I was still very immobile. I had to get a lot of strength back that I needed. So it was just borrowing belief until I really found it for myself with a lot of, again, introspection and reflection and personal development work and all these amazing things like journaling and affirmations and, you know, the toolkit's so big, there's no one right thing or one size fits all to it. But yeah, having people to do it with you who are just like in the trenches, I think is probably sometimes the best, <laughs> the best word I like to use, like when it's really rough, you know, people who are in the trenches with you, I think is the absolute difference maker. So yeah, I love borrowing belief. And like, mm-hmm. it's like the fake until you make it, but like borrowing belief from, yeah. from other people that I can do this. I love that. Yes. I'm not faking anything. Like I'm acknowledging that I, I, I don't know if I can do this, but other people have been able to do it too. Mm-hmm. So I will latch onto that because they were probably, they were probably poop your pants terrified at some point or not sure of themselves. So that's sometimes like all it takes. Or I mean, yeah. I, say, I say that like it's nothing, but sometimes that's, that's where it has to come from in the moments where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the like coach through the podcasting was very much like, you know, you're going to have dips. There's going to be moments where you don't believe in yourself and just expect the dips. If you expect them, they're not going to like throw you off course. They're just going to be like, okay, this is a dip. I recognize it. I know how to move forward, which is just go back to those affirmations, go back to, yeah, like all those toolkits and just be like, right. Okay. I can let's okay. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Peaks and valleys. The whole thing is like that. And the, and I think the other thing too, to, that I had to, I had to kind of think through for myself was like, it's not this like all or nothing mindset the whole time, right? It's, it's consistency over time. And I think that was what had held me back too, is like, you have like three great days of like eating really well. Then you have like one day, maybe you don't, then you're like, crap, like see, this is what I always do to myself. Like I'm a failure or like I suck or all these, again, untrue things. It's like, no man, like you had, you had a day of just eating whatever else you felt like that maybe wasn't what you planned to eat. It's not a big deal. It's not going to set you back. It's not going to derail you, but those were the kinds of mindsets that I had that were not conducive to like living a healthy, fulfilling life of just like, you know, there's no you know, no opportunity for flexibility, which is so untrue, right? You have to, you have to, you just, there's no other way in my mind. So yeah, I think that consistency over time piece and acknowledging, yeah, the peaks and valleys was, was another like key piece. It's like, it's not, oh, you're not always going to be operating at a 10 out of 10, but I feel like that six to eight range, like pretty regularly is really good. Yeah. Be be a C student, do things badly, but do them, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you like, right? Like, like even just, you know, do the stretch, but even if you can't reach your toes, you tried and you were there, you were, yeah, six to eight, like 68% of the way. I know you said six to eight, yeah. you know, like 68 is a good number of just like, oh yeah, okay, well, I tried. Um, yeah, and if you keep doing the stretches, you will eventually get your toes. Yeah. But right. if you give up after the one day where you don't, then yeah, you're never going to get, you're never going to get there. So yeah, that was another huge like light bulb for me. Yeah, they like taught us and like, nailed it into us in school that we just had to be you know like a students and like you had to be so good but like realistically like the trick all along was just to be a c student to just (laughs) be be scared and do it anyway and have it be like a little bit not great but like do it anyway and like put it out into the world oh but it's terrifying being so visible yeah totally oh my gosh yeah that's like a it's a daily thing that's also yeah i mean like i said at the beginning sharing it online is definitely like a a nerve wracking thing for sure. But it's also like, again, it's all about mindset too. Like I use it, like you said, to like, it's, it's inspired you a little bit. And to me, that's a huge win, whether or not, like, whether or not I have like a massive community or whether or not this becomes a bigger thing to me, doesn't matter. It's just the daily impact that I'm able to have even on like one person. That's, that's made such a difference for me just to know that it's helped somebody because it was what I needed when, when, it, when it found me, you know? So 
I have to just, it's again, like I said, mindset of, of being online. It's like, this is a business development tool. It's a tool to inspire and motivate others. And that's it. It's not about me. It's yes. not what people necessarily think about me. This is not a tool to validate myself. It's a tool for other people. And yeah. that's kind of just been well, the... It's never about you, right? Like it's, even if somebody doesn't like you, it's not about you. It's about them. Like it's, it's totally. their reflection of themselves that they see in you that they're now judging, right? And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. right? Like if you tried to make everybody like you, like... Oh my God. Have fun with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It just, it just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen, but yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so, that's so beautiful. Like the just serving community and like one person at a time. And like, realistically, that's sometimes that's, that's the mindset of, well, that's, that should be the mindset of anything, right? Like if this helps one person, if I can just serve this tiny community and all their lives are better for it, then amazing. That's all you need. Yeah. And like, and it's just, again, it's one foot in the other steps every day. And because it's something I love to do, it will just, it will become what it's meant to become just by virtue of me spending and investing time on it. So. Yeah. So is that the, is the plan to like make that your full-time job? It's definitely something I, I, you know, it floats in my mind. I don't, I don't know yet, but it takes, it's one of those things that will take like a lot of work. Right. And I think it depends on season of life and goals and what makes a lot of sense I will continue to work at it I don't know like how long it would take for me to get to that kind of place but filling my life doing more things that are of service to others is something I want more of in my life whatever that ends up looking like maybe it's coaching maybe it's doing a lot more of that that would be amazing I think that'd be a very fulfilling life and it would give me a lot of flexibility I think in my lifestyle in the future I mean this is you know we live in a very modern world but I do have this very traditional view of like wanting to stay home with my kids. I think that's just like such a beautiful notion. I think that would be amazing. So if this is something that can maybe help me do that, I mean, I wouldn't say no to that kind of opportunity again, like I have to work for it, but it could be, I don't know. I won't, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so like walk me through kind of, so like, I I feel like for whoever's listening, like they, don't really know what like Thrive does. So like walk me through like, what would you be signing up for? And like, what does it look like? Okay. So basically what Thrive is, is my, it's an online virtual like wellness accountability group. And I'm partnered with Beachbody to deliver workouts and nutrition programs and solutions to do that piece of the community. So I don't program Uh, It's like, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a nutritionist, but I have tools that I can offer to help people to do that. So we can set you up with a solution. We find out, you know, we'll walk through like, what are your goals? What are your needs? You know, where are you hoping to go and find the solutions that work best for you? And that's really what coaching is really all about, right? It's like solution focused um, approaches to helping people either reach a goal or, or develop a new skill, whatever that might be. Right. So we'll set people up that way and then they'll pick whatever they think works best for them based on where they want to go and what they need. And then the way the community works is basically from an accountability perspective, that's like the main portion of the group is like, there's a daily check-in like, Hey, you getting, you know, like post your sweaty selfie today, or are you moving your body? Um, whatever that looks like, it kind of changes all the time, especially right now with the holidays. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot more relaxed. It's just kind of like, Hey, like, what are you doing for yourself today? Whatever that looks like because it gets so busy, you know, we try to be flexible with like, and meet people where they're at. And then in between that, we do lots of other stuff. Like there's community challenges all the time. I'll do like, I don't know, sometimes it's a plank challenge. November, we were trying to get outside. So there was a get outside portion of things. And then we're going to do 12 days of fitness starting on like, I guess, or I guess we're recording this in December, whenever this airs. So this will be like maybe a little dated. Um, I'm talking like everybody knows it's December. So we're going to do 12 days of fitness to kind of roll into the holidays. And I've got a, a few different challenges like every day going into the holidays. And then I will do uh, like live kind of coaching, like kind of group coaching as well, just based on, I don't know, something I'm reading in my own personal development work or something I've learned or observed, just kind of to be able to share tips, tricks, resources, whatever works for people to, you know, build their toolkit and to ultimately thrive because that's, that's what I want for everybody. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. Like you're always posting like, like these like quotes and being like, this is the book I'm reading right now. And this is what it's telling me. And here you go. And like, oh yeah, lovely. Yeah. Just like little nuggets, right? Like it's 
sometimes some people will need more support. I've got a lot of community members who are like, I mean, like, I feel like I've done my job as a coach where they're like, they're off, like they're running on their own. Like they don't need as much support from me now as they did in the beginning to me. That shows like amazing growth in their own journeys. Uh, I mean, some of those, some of us, I talk to them like every day, depending on how they're doing or what they need. So the coaching relationship is very different with, with everybody too. And it just depends on what they need. So I try my best to kind of meet people where they're at um, with that. And for me personally, yeah, personal development has been a huge piece of like my growth into my journey. And it's something I recommend everybody do. Like you see people in the self-help section and I used to be the one who like scoffed at people for the longest time. Like, well, what's wrong with them that they need to be over there, but there's some amazing stuff in there. Even if it's like for leadership development or whatever it is, I, I think that's something people should always kind of include. Okay. Where am I holding myself back and what can I do about it? And there's, there's stuff for anything in there. Yeah. I mean, self-help gets such a bad rap, honestly. It does. It does. It needs so a like different name. name. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, I, yeah, I call it personal development. That's yes. why that's what I call it or personal growth or whatever. Much better name for it. Honestly, like yeah. right, it, it sounds like you like, yeah, you need help. Like, yeah, you need help, but it's more of a development thing. It's more of a growth thing, not like a help, help. And I can't help myself. Yeah. And I mean, I like the, and I just love to read. So to me, books are the best way to get that, but you can get that through podcasts. You can get that through all kinds of stuff too. I just think, yeah, if you're in chapters or indigo for anyone in Ontario, you're, (laughs) that's what they call the section in the store. And you're kind of like, you feel like a little leery of it. And you're like walking around, like, who's going to notice me in here? (laughs) (laughs) But there's there's such amazing stuff again, like on, on like personal mastery or leadership. I'm reading a book right now called the everyday hero manifesto by Robin Sharma. Robin Sharma is amazing too. He'll, totally transform your opinion of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and how it can actually change your life. (laughs) Oh, I almost don't want to know. I almost don't want to know because I love sleeping. (laughs) The trick I learned was you have, you do, you have to go to bed earlier. Initially I was like, I can never get up at 5am. Like, like, no, you can't if you're going to bed at 11 or midnight. Like, no, (laughs) there's no way. Yeah. I had to like, I had to change my, my core hours. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the trick. I've never managed to go to bed that early. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little, it does take some adjusting, but. So how has waking up at 5am changed your life? (laughs) So one of the things I noticed, like when I kind of got real with myself, like, okay, these are the things we've got to do to feel our best, you know, prioritizing movement was a big part of that. And I was very often the person who at the end of the work day was like, Frick, man, I'm so tired. Like, I I don't want to go pick up heavy things and put them back down for another 30 minutes. Like, this is a hard enough day. (laughs) That's what working out is, picking up heavy things and putting them back down. (laughs) Working out at the end of the day, in the beginning, it was fine when I had a lot of energy because I was fresh onto my journey and I was excited about how good I was feeling. But to sustain myself, like, there there was going to be times where, yeah, there were, if I waited for the day to kind of, roll out there was going to be more and more chances that things could get in my way including myself being like I'm tired I'm this I'm that to like not do it and I know for me now movement has become an amazing part of my life for like my anxiety for example like I just feel so much better when I've exercised so for my mental health on its own it's been huge and so I had to get really curious and think about okay what other time do I have in my day that I could make this work? Like, could I do this at lunch hour? Cause I had a gym at the office, which I was extremely fortunate to have. I work out at home now, but love that. Um, I'm used to it now, but that again, it's all mindset. It took me like to get my head around it and to be okay with it. But I had to get curious and I was like, Hey, lunch hour. I don't know. Like depending on how my morning goes, like something might stop me from going to work out at lunch. So I was like, well, I guess it's gotta have to happen before work. So what am I going to do different? And what I love about getting my, my like alone time, my time for either journaling or like looking at my vision or whatever, and then doing my, doing my workout is I've had nothing stop me in the day, right? Like there's nothing else getting in my way. The only thing that would stop me is like, yeah, sleeping through my alarm. But now that we've like worked out the, the nighttime routine, the morning routines a lot easier it's hard in the winter, right? Cause you're getting up and it's like really dark. <laughs> um, so again, it takes some practice, but 
getting it done at the beginning of the day has just changed the energy I have throughout the day. It's changed my mindset. I go into the day with a really clear head. And I also go into the day knowing I've taken some time for myself, which I know makes me feel really good because it's so easy for us to give, give, give to everybody else, whether it's to your, to your job, to your family, to your partner, I don't know, to your pets, even like if you've got like dog, like dogs need to be walked a ton. Like that's a ton of your time too. Like if you're giving, giving, giving to, to people all the time, your tank gets empty really fast. And then you don't have the energy to do that stuff for you. So mm-hmm. it's totally about what works best for other people. But for me, the mornings, like, yeah, that's just like, that. to me, that was like the secret sauce to like setting up my day and like putting myself first before anything else got in the way and changed everything. Yeah. I've, I did this like morning challenge not too long ago. I mean, actually, no, that was a long time ago. It was like mid pandemic. And like, everybody was telling me I needed a routine. Everyone was telling me that like morning routines, like there's so much about it. It's so important. Yeah. But like, I actually, I'm not a creature of habit. I can't do routines. So it took me so long and so much shame was associated with it. And so much like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with me? Why can't I establish this routine? Why can't I like, I'm still trying to work through it, but I'm so much more relaxed about it. And it's so much better, but I do feel so much better when I like wake up in the morning and do something for me. Right. Yeah. But it's like, it looks like you can have like a, like there could be a menu of different things. Like say I'm picking like these two things and you know, tomorrow maybe it's like these two, maybe, maybe say it's workout and journal, but maybe tomorrow it's go for a quick walk, you know, like it can totally be whatever you want it to be, but something, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the whole list, but something, something for you in the morning. Yeah. Just kiss. <laughs> I find a, I can't really remember what it is that I needed to do first thing in the morning. Right. I wake up and I very quickly get like very confused by everything else. Right. And then I start cleaning up and like, I shouldn't be cleaning up. That shouldn't be the first thing I do in the day. Right. Like it should be mm-hmm. something so much better and so much more like nurturing for myself. So you're inspiring me right now to like go and like write it down that I'm like, no, I don't have, I, I haven't figured out how to do this because I can't do the same thing every day. I actually like will blow my brains out. Maybe that's aggressive, but you know what I mean? Like I just, <laughs> that's very aggressive. No, but like I just, yeah, like, like for some people like routine, it feels really restricting. Yeah, no, and, it's it's, and then that, and for some people, then it becomes anxiety-inducing. Whereas for me, it gives me so much calm, you know. And like, and like I said, everybody's different. And yeah, and like, it's really interesting to hear how you're just like on the other side of it of just like I need a bit of flexibility here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, as I'm thinking about it right now, I'm like, okay, I could just like write out a week and be like, this is what I'm going to do first thing in the morning. So I spread it out. Cause yeah, without that, I wake up and I very quickly just get pulled in like seven directions. And all of a sudden I'm like, I have to be on a meeting in 10 minutes and I haven't done anything for me. And damn it. (laughs) I know. And that's like such a, that's such a hard way to go into the day. I feel like it just, it's way more exhausting. It's frustrating. Like they're all of these just like you, like you said, sometimes like you're just, you're going to get hit with that meeting, like first thing. And you're like, wow, this is like, not, this is not the first thing I need to hear today. <laughs> like at no. all. No, it's just all of a sudden you're, yeah, I have a lot of like guilt associated with like work too, like working from home and having to like fill up my day. Like this whole like hour based mm-hmm. work stuff is just, I don't like it. Like it should just be task based, like finish these tasks. And then you're free to do what you want, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know that's not how work works, but I just wish it was. Because I just sit there being like, yeah. oh, God, like, I'm not working hard because I'm trying to fill my day. I don't know. It's just, it's a whole thing. It is It is interesting. Actually, I was talking to some coworkers about it the other day because because we can be online all day. Like, I feel like I have to message somebody back as soon as they Skype me, even if I'm, like, in a meeting, right? Because we have access to each other. But if I was in the office... I probably wouldn't have my laptop open if not with me during my meeting. So I may not answer you for like four hours, depending on what my meeting schedule looks like. So it's been a really interesting thought process for me on boundaries and this notion of like protecting your peace too, with that kind of stuff of feeling like you need to answer when you're ready to wait or do stuff really fast. Cause you're not anywhere else. So you're just at your computer. And so then I, for me, I started to feel like I was like, am I not getting my work done fast enough? But I don't think anyone, like no one's complaining, but do I, like, I feel like I'm not doing my stuff fast enough. We're not getting, or emailing back fast enough or all these things. But I think boundaries became a really important part of that of just like, yeah, I'm in a meeting. I'm not answering Skype messages, even as distracting as they are or (laughs) whatever the case may be. Cause it was just like, 
it's a lot working from home all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, you just live at work now. But the, yeah, we're not working from home. We're living at work 100%. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Turning that computer off at 5 PM though. Like I, I need to cut myself off. That was something I learned very early in yeah. the pandemic. I was like, okay, so at five o'clock, even if I like somehow got distracted and ended up scrolling, you know, doom scrolling or Instagram scrolling or whatever caught mm-hmm. me that day, um, which now actually I have this system where if I catch myself like scrolling through Instagram mindlessly, I'll, uh, I'll have to, I have to go for a walk. It's like my punishment. Oh, interesting. I like that. It's a good way to like, just like interrupt it. Yeah. It's a good way to interrupt it. And then I'm always like, no, but I have to get back to work because I, I just lost 25 minutes. And then it's like, no, but like, this is, this is why it's a punishment because now I need to spend 15 minutes going outside. So I obviously needed a break and mm-hmm. like, it, it sucks, but I'm like, okay, I can actually like, obviously I didn't have something that urgent because I was doing that already. So yeah. Fair. Yeah. Getting outside is like a really tough one. I find for me being at home. Like I just, I can't like get my butt out of the house. So I was doing really well. Like I was, so something that actually has really helped me as well. Like when I, when we talk about like things like morning routine, I've, I've listed like a million things I do, but I didn't start that way. One of them is habit stacking. And so mm-hmm. for those who aren't familiar with habit stacking, it's basically tacking on a new behavior onto something like you already do. So, and, and I mean, I've used that with my morning routine. Like at first it was just getting up 15 minutes earlier just to make sure I could start doing it. And then it was adding in the workouts then it was adding in journaling or the personal development reading, that kind of thing. Or the other thing that I did that might be more, that may resonate with others maybe better is my skincare routine. I didn't really have one. I think is probably, if I'm totally honest with myself, I didn't really have one, but then during the pandemic, I was kind of like, I have like, there's no reason why I couldn't take better care of my skin. I felt like, I'm not old, but I was noticing stuff, right? Like I'm almost 30, stuff looks a little bit different. So it's like, maybe I need to do a little bit more, especially not getting outside as much. I'm just getting, my face is just exposed to all the air in my house all the time. But I was, I stacked my skincare routine onto like brushing my teeth. So brushing my teeth was something I was doing every day. So I just made sure I did the skincare right after. And then the process gets really automatic. You just do them back to back. And that was something else that worked really well for me in the last like two years and a bit of my own journey was habit stacking. Just like, like start with one thing and then build on the others. Cause I, the other thing that probably intimidates a lot of people is like this whole big bang approach of like, all right, I got to get up at five. I got to do my workout. I got to meal prep and I got to do all these things. Sometimes that's really overwhelming. And you're kind of like, Whoa, this is not me. This is not where I'm at. And then that deters you from wanting to start. Yeah. little bits at a time and then to stack a habit I found super effective the last couple years when I when I looked at things that way yeah I know somebody who stacked habits onto like going to the bathroom in the middle of the day so interesting yeah so it was like something you're something you're always doing (laughs) but it was like okay every time you pee do five (laughs) push-ups yeah like it it checks the box like you're you're going to the bathroom so what what do you do after and whatever that looks like for you is that five push-ups like Depending on how many times you go to the bathroom, that could be a lot of push-ups in a day. It could be. <laughs> Honestly, I pee so much. So that would be a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, hmm, yeah. I should probably touch my toes every time I go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and not while I'm sitting on the seat. That's cheating. That would be cheating. Yeah. Cause your knees are bent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you just. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, no habit stacking. See, but that's another thing that like, we were like bombarded by that during the pandemic. It's really useful tools. It's really amazing. But yeah, like everybody's like throwing you all these tools and you're just like, okay, I just need to learn how to wake up right now. Like I was, I was really struggling at one point. Um, I now take thyroid medication, which uh, apparently 27 is the golden age of um, women in my family to start taking thyroid medication, which I didn't quite know. Um, I've been working with a naturopath for a long time because like I was just getting exhausted and I just couldn't do anything to the point where like I couldn't Mm -hmm. get out of bed. So like mid pandemic, yeah, like I hated my job. um, And so I thought maybe that had to do with it. But like I was like, once we finally did the labs and like looked at it, like from a chemical perspective, I, it made perfect sense. It was really like affirming too, like to have my naturopath be like, I'm actually just really impressed you function right now because you have none of like the necessary like hormones in the right sinking pattern. Like just all this stuff is just completely off. So yeah. No way. Um, yeah. So like even just me getting out of bed was, that was hard. So all these other things, I was like, I can't do it. 
I like I stress myself out trying to make a good morning routine. Uh, yeah, just like I think a little bit, a little bit at a time, I think is really and again like just being consistent. You know, stack on the new little piece, be flexible. I think all of that is just kind of like the recipe for success. Yeah. And again, going back to your why too, the why, why it's important to you, why it's important to you will always matter. Mm-hmm. And that can also change too. I think being flexible with that is also very okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hmm. like, oh, I read, I read this great quote the other day. It was like, when you're 20 years old or in your twenties, you're going to decide like 10 things that are you. And like 20 years later, you're going to realize that eight of those things are so untrue, but two of them are complete, like just bang on the mark to the point where you're just going to be like, oh my God. So like your why those like two things are just going to like just shine brightly. Yeah. Like in your gut, you know, a lot of things are like why they're, why something's important to you or why it will matter. But you know, from out loud. 20s to 30s, you change so much that like a lot of that's going to change for you. But yeah, saying it out loud too is extremely powerful or that's why journaling is also something that research says is extremely powerful too. Cause it's different than just thinking it, but you're writing it down. It makes it more real. So if you don't want to say it, you could always just write it out. Mm, yes. Yes. I mean, it, it helps you focus your thoughts and everything. Like what type of journaling do you tend to do? So that's changed a little bit again, cause like stuff can be flexible. <laughs> so now I have kind of like a few different things depending on the flavor of the day. So one thing that I, I definitely journal about, journal about is gratitude, like things I'm grateful for. And I've learned that it's really important to make those super specific because otherwise you're going to run out of stuff really quick. Like instead of just saying like, I'm grateful for my partner, which is amazing. You could say like, I'm grateful for my partner today because they did X, Y, Z thing for me, which made me feel whatever. So making stuff super specific like that really kind of starts to get you deeply rooted into like small moments or small things that can make you like experience the gratitude. And you start to look for them a lot more. Once, once the little things start to feel really magical and powerful, you start to see them a lot more. So gratitude journaling is something I I do. Other things I will, I will journal about. Sometimes I'll write out some of my affirmations that I feel like I need or something that I need for the day. If I know I'm going into, if I know I'm going into like a big day I will sometimes write out my affirmations if I don't want to say them and sometimes it's all about my about my goals or my vision so sometimes I'll write those out too I try to look at my vision because I have a I have a vision board and I have it written down so sometimes I try to review that a few times a week so sometimes I'm writing out some of that stuff or like my goals for the month I don't know. It kind of, it's, it's, it's very flexible (laughs) for me depending on the day, but those are the kinds of things I do journal about. And then there is the odd day if I'm feeling like emotionally, like I've just got a lot of feelings. I'll just like write out what I'm feeling. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there's a difference in writing your affirmations, saying your affirmations or just like reading them? Yeah, there's definitely a difference. I find saying them out loud makes them the most real. I just, I know I try not to make a lot of noise in the morning because my partner's asleep. And my, the upstairs is small, my voice carries. So I just, I just try to be as quiet as I can in the morning. So I think, yeah, saying them out loud, I think makes them feel the most powerful and makes them feel the most true if you don't believe that they are, but you're trying to. And then, yeah, I would say writing, writing them out is probably in the middle. And then just thinking them uh, versus reading them is probably the most like detached you would be from them. Cause like you, you read so much, you see so much. I think it kind of hits you with the same level as any other information you're consuming during the day. So my personal, personally, yeah, I find that it hits, it hits different when you either say it or write it, but especially when you say it. Oh, love that. Okay. Yeah. Cause I read mine. I was like, Ooh, maybe I should change this. (laughs) Yeah. Like even, even if you've got like a list of like five, just write them out Mm. again Mm. and then maybe see if that hits different. I don't know. It might, but everybody's different. Have you ever done like free flow journaling? Like the just kind of like dump whatever's in your mind, like out onto the page. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There are definitely those moments. Yeah. If something's like just really weighing on me or I need to like get off my chest or I'm just feeling like really reflexive or even if I have like a lot of ideas some days, I'll just brain dump. And that feels really good too. It's cathartic. It's like oddly cathartic. (laughs) Like, yeah. yeah. Like someone like I'm not. I don't identify as someone who's like a writer or been particularly interested in enhancing my writing skills. It's not for that. It's really just like to download. 
Yeah. And like, if anyone's got anxiety and a busy mind, like, you know what that's like, like sometimes you just gotta like, (laughs) you just gotta get it all out. (laughs) I just love this. Like you guys can't see her, but she's like flapping her hands down. She's like, download, (laughs) download, get it all out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I uh, I definitely use journaling too, although that's definitely a practice I've slipped on. And I do like the free flow, like just 15 minutes or three pages mm-hmm. and you just write and you write and you write and you write. And even if you can't write anything and can't think of what to write, and even if you're thinking like, don't think about oranges, don't think about elephants. Ah, I don't want to be doing this. Like that's what you write out. And you just yeah. like write and write and write. And eventually like it becomes easier. And it's, yeah, it's so therapeutic. I got my practice from The Artist's Way. Okay. Um, if you've ever heard of that book, it's, no, it's very old, but it's like, or sorry to the author. It's, uh, it's not that old. Um, but it's like a, it was kind of modeled after like the, oh, what's that alcohol, alcoholics anonymous, I think. Cause it's like this, like 12 week, 12, like step kind of like bringing out your inner artist and bringing out your creativity and kind of resurging that it's just, it's this book. And there's like, there's like chapters that probably only take like an hour to read each week. And then like, you're supposed to do like these different questions and like work through like the homework and like, Oh my God, it worked. Oh my God. Like it was, I did it with a group of people too. So like that accountability was there and like, we just met up every week to talk about it. And like, especially like this was deep, deep pandemic. So it was like really, really needed, right. To like meet up with people we every week and like have this thing you're working towards. But yeah, it just kind of, started from a and walked you all the way down to the end of the alphabet. I don't know why I started with a, but, uh, but yeah, like it just, it taught you how to kind of unfuck your like mindset in terms of like money and that like you can earn mm-hmm. money as an artist and all this stuff. But it started with every single morning, 15 minutes, write Everything that comes to mind. I love that. I'm going to try more of that. I think. Yeah. Like you said, sometimes you just gotta like get it all out or just kind of download it all. The other one that's worked for me that I've used from time to time, this is more for anyone listening who prefers like a shorter approach. It's called The Two Minute Morning by Neil Pastricha. He's the author of The Book of Awesome, if you've seen that anywhere, or A Thousand Awesome Things was his blog, I think, or The Thousand Things blog. I forget what the what the website was called. But his morning journaling practice was three things. He called it the two minute morning. It's one thing you're grateful for, one thing you will let go of, and the thing that you're going to focus on for the day. So if you wanted something like really quick and dirty, that was another really good one that I sometimes use. If I, if I'm not feeling like spending as much time on journaling for whatever reason in the morning, that was like a really good one. Cause it, it hit the gratitude thing for me. It hit the, like, as far as like letting go of things, either the parts of you that are just like ruminating on something for no reason. And then, yeah, just like what you're going to focus on first that day. Like if I can, if I can check a box on one thing today, this is the most important thing to me. I'm going to get it done. Here's what it is. It was really great from that perspective. I thought that was an awesome one. Oh yeah. I love that. I'm just like writing it down as we're talking. Just yeah. like, It's such a good one. And he has, he actually has a journal for it. That's like set up for you. So I, uh, like if you, if, if someone wanted to pick that up, this is, this is not coming from anywhere, but just someone like he spoke at our employee conference and he was amazing. And that was something I really took away from, from hearing him speak. And I totally love that. So that's another really good one. Yeah. Oh, so much good information. I'm learning so much right now. This has been great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're almost at the end. Yeah. So any like last thoughts? Last thoughts. I, I had thought of that before today of like, if I was going to have to leave anyone with anything today. I think the first thing that I will always go back to is stay rooted in why something's important to you, whether it is for like your own personal, like health and wellness journey, whether it is like an entrepreneurial pursuit or your day job or doing something for your family, always stay rooted in why something's important to you because that will never fail you. And it will always be something you can lean on in your moments of doubt or in the moments when you're kind of like, I don't want to do this right now because that decision in that moment it either helps or it hinders you from tomorrow, right? So stay rooted in why something's important to you was my my first one. Making sure that people focus on consistency over time. Like you don't need to do like all the effort all the time because that's not sustainable and that's not what we want. You know, whatever it is you're doing, whether it's, you know, launching a podcast, like it's a little bit every day or if it's trying to 
follow your own journey to self-love and feeling good. It's just, it's a little bit every day and that amounts to so much in the end. So that was my other really, really important piece. Don't go it alone is always another one. Community is everything. Get some accountability, get some support. Find people who share the same interest or have the same goal as you do to surround yourself with. So you can all rally around that common goal together and they'll be there to lift you up when you know or when you're feeling like you can't. Uh, to be patient, to be curious, and to be flexible. Find resources that work for you. That's always number one. Is like whatever works for you, just like keep doing more of that. And I think I will always like keep that forefront of my mind. Like it's got to feel good. It's got to be fun. You got to be like excited to do it, whatever it is that is, whatever that thing is. For a belief in those moments where you're like, I don't got this. <laughs> you totally do. I'm sure you do. So if you need to borrow belief from somebody else, that's again when your community will be there for you. And I think the last thing I, I wrote this down specifically, um, that I personally, I had nothing special about me, but I just chose to bet on myself in order to continue to thrive. So I encourage everyone to do the same. Oh, beautiful. Just summed it up so well couldn't have hoped for a better way to end this episode this chat oh so beautiful um and yeah if uh if people want to find you if people want to like follow your journey how would they do that uh best place is instagram i have uh i've tried really hard to avoid tiktok because i'm just like too scared Yep, yep, same. I just know know how that's going to go for me. So Instagram would be the best place. My my handle is at Simon Stacey, S-Y-M-O-N-S-T-A-C-E-Y. It's like my last name and my first name combined, but I just took an S out of the middle. So yeah, that's probably the best place to find me, I think for now at least. And if I do choose to get onto TikTok or to Twitter or anything else like that, (laughs) maybe one day, but Instagram is definitely the best place to come find me. Uh, for any kind of daily inspiration or um, or just, I don't know, whatever you feel like you need from me. I'm sure there's probably sprinkles of it somewhere on there. Amazing. Okay, yeah, cool. And I'll, uh, I'll include that in the show notes too and so people can find you and get all those nuggets of wisdom from all your personal development reading, not self-help. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is an amazing chat. It was so nice to see and chat with you again after, again, like like a mini lifetime. Like so yeah. much has changed since we would have last seen each other. But yeah, no, I just honestly, I gotta tell you, like the like what I remember of you is you know rugby, and you were just like, I just remember you were just such a gorgeous human. That's that's oh, what I remember. It's just like I can't remember too much about rugby other than we made fun of the football girls. <laughs> also I'm just gonna like quick side note I can't believe we used to do that like oh my gosh rugby scares me so much now I can't believe we used to do that (laughs) I mean I I understand why my mom was like like can you just play like I once came home from rugby game and I was like covered in mud and just like I felt like I'd just been in the trenches it felt great and my mom's like can you play a sport that doesn't involve a mouth guard (laughs) (laughs) yeah my mom watched one rugby game and she's like she's she found it terrifying she was like I can't believe you have fun doing that. That's so crazy. And I don't know. We loved it for, I mean, we're also so much younger. Your whole perception of fear and danger is totally different, which is why now I'm kind of like, Ugh! oh my God. Yeah. No, I don't do not touch rugby anymore. I don't touch tackling people. Like the only way I get tackled is under the bed by my partner. And like, that's not even in a sexual <laughs> yeah, way. That's like know. just getting pushed over. Right? <laughs> and even that I'm like, ow, ow, you're on my leg. <laughs> Yeah, now, yeah, totally different now, for sure, but mm-hmm. thank you. It was so great to chat and catch up. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for your enthusiasm and your, like, just everything that you're doing and you're serving your community, and it's wonderful, and I'm really excited to watch where your journey of coaching goes. Thank you, me too, and same with the podcast. I can't wait. Yeah. Don't judge it too harshly in the first little while. <laughs> <laughs> All about growth. All about growth. Yeah. And, and serving. That, and serving. And serving. Yes. Yep. You're focused on your people that you're serving. Everything becomes easy. Totally. Have a good one. It was wonderful talking to you. I'll see you later. Yeah, you too. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of Reclaim Your Radiance. Thank you so much for joining this week. 
I hope you enjoyed your time with us and came away with something valuable. If you want more and simply cannot wait until next week, come join us online. We have a couple of really exciting communities that are being built. First, we have a Facebook community with the name Reclaim Your Radiance, where we talk about all sorts of topics related to the podcast and tons that aren't. It's a community of like-minded souls who want to dive deeper into these things and keep the conversation flowing. Secondly, you can sign up for our mailing list to receive occasional bonus content. The current bonus being offered is a daily self-love checklist or a quick guide to having more mindful and connected sexual experiences. And that can, of course, be with yourself or with others. You do you. And you can also get both, downloadable and printable and ready to be of service to you in your life. And lastly, coming soon to a computer near you is our Patreon. Come along and join us for extra content, regular community meetups, fun swag, one-on-one time with yours truly, and so much more. Stay tuned for that. Head on over to the episode notes and the show description to find those links, and I hope to see you online soon. All right, everyone. Until next week, stay radiant. Stay radiant.